each one of us lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Partner at Step Right Capital Planning. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to be here with you this morning. The show is called A Dream for Uganda. My guests are Valerie Hill and Ev Wodarski. A Dream for Uganda began when Valerie Hill visited Uganda and became passionate about helping a school for the arts and the students there. It began as a dream, and it's coming true. Many things in life begin as a dream. Anything we accomplish begins as a thought. Your dreams begin as just a passing thought. It may be a dream home, a dream vacation, your retirement, or a contribution you dream of making. It takes planning to make it a reality. I'm here to help with whatever you dream of accomplishing financially. Let's make a plan. Send me an email at lynn at stepright.ca and we'll arrange to have a chat about your dreams and the plan to make it happen. That's lynn at stepright.ca, L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T. I'd also love uh, to hear your comments about the show uh, and feel free to give us a call today uh, if you have questions for Evan and Valerie uh, about their project. Valerie Hill has been a journalist at the Waterloo Region Record for the past 15 years, specializing in arts and culture with an emphasis on classical music and theater. She's long had a passion for the arts and more recently found a passion. In 2012, Valerie traveled to Uganda where she volunteered in schools helping kids with reading and creative writing. The poverty and the desire of the kids to learn impacted Valerie deeply but the last day of her trip would change everything. Valerie spent one afternoon at the Cambridge Secondary School about 30 minutes from the capital city of Kampala. The school, founded and run by a retired Ugandan nurse, was just starting to build its performing arts program, and when the kids performed traditional dance and music, Valerie was enthralled. In May 2013, Valerie and her friends formed Dream for Uganda, a registered nonprofit, and after much fundraising, the organization brought eight students and two teachers to the Waterloo Region for a two-week performance tour. On October 13th, Valerie and five Dream for Uganda volunteers spent one month volunteering at the school helping develop the Performing Arts Program. Their work, documented by two filmmakers, will be featured at the 2015 Grand River Film Festival in Cambridge, Ontario. Ev Atwild Wodarski owns and operates Waterloo Region Student Placement, which accommodates international students with host families in the region while they're here to study. Since 1997, Ev has been involved with personally housing over 20 students, and since 2003, she has professionally placed more than 2,000 international students. She has developed strong working relationships with over 700 host families, many schools and principals, and several community organizations. 
Abs Connections helped Dream for Uganda to place students with families who will enhance and share their experience of being in Canada. She has a strong interest in a dream for Uganda and gladly became a member of the board of directors over a year ago. As a board member, Ev's main goal is to find financial support for the Cambridge School and the Subai Dance Troupe in Uganda and to help facilitate this in every way possible. Welcome, ladies, to our show today. Thank you, Lynn, and Happy New Year. Thank you. Yes, thank you. We're so glad to be here, and yes, Happy New Year. And it is December the 31st, so what are your plans for the eve of the New Year, Val? Oh, um, I am just having some friends over. There's been so much partying and running around going on, especially having been in Uganda for a whole month. I I just want to sit and vegetate in front of the TV (laughs) and watch watch somebody else be outside in the freezing cold and bringing in the New Year. Sure. Ev, what are you going to be doing? I'm going out tonight, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm probably going to go and join all those songs of people out dancing and doing all that fun stuff. Oh, good for you. Our Lions have an event tonight. That's where where I will be in the village of Sheffield. (laughs) (laughs) So a dream for Uganda. Valerie, how did it all get started? Well, I, it started because I just happened to uh, volunteer to work um, a shift on a, on a, a family day, and one of my assignments was to interview Michael von Tiekman, who was the owner, former owner of the Walper Hotel in downtown Kitchener. He had uh, decided that he was going to provide a dollar per room per day to an organization called Give International that builds schools in Uganda. And while I was interviewing him, the wheels just started turning, and I started thinking, this is this is really interesting. I've always had an interest in, in Africa, too, and I think I'd like to do this. So um, I called Give, uh, Give International, which is out of Waterloo, and uh, told them I'd like to do a trip with them. Um, had a fundraiser mm-hmm. in Kitchener, and at that fundraiser, a young man named uh, Henry Lukenge from Toronto came up to me and said, while you're there, please go and visit my mother's school uh, in uh, Chingera, just outside of Kampala. Uh, and so while I was in Uganda, I, I, I really had a rough time that first time. I was the only volunteer. Um, I saw a lot of horrible poverty, children in rags, and it was just very upsetting for me. And, and then, of course, I got sick. Mm-hmm. I had a terrible flu. Uh, but anyway, on my way back to the airport, mm. I said, well, I, I promised I was going to stop, and I did, and I uh, did a little tour of the school. They took me into the big hall for lunch, and then I heard the drums. And then the kids all came in, the kids from the Subi Dance Troupe, which is what it was called then, came in, mm-hmm. and they started performing all this uh, traditional music, and I was just totally enthralled. And that was it. That was the that was a pivotal moment in my life. Everything changed. Um, and as you said in your introduction from there, my friends helped bring them here. And the rest, as they say, is history, but history that is just starting. Yes, that's terrific. Mm-hmm. So um, y- you've had a, a recent trip. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, what what um, what happened on this most recent trip then? Well, this trip, you know, of course, it wasn't just me. I had, uh, you know, a number. I had uh, Ev and, and Catherine Carlson and uh, three young guys with us. Um, so it was it was a lot more responsibility. I have to admit, I was a little bit nervous going there by myself. Was one deal. Um, it didn't, you know, that was okay. But being responsible for a number, another of other people, that was uh, a little bit intimidating. But it worked out fine. Uh, Henry Lukenge's mother. 
Uh, her house is just down the street from the school. The family incredibly graciously took us all in, all six of us. The uh, Henry's sister took an entire month off work and uh, just to take care of us. She was there every single day from the crack of dawn until 11, 11.30 at night, feeding us, feeding us three meals a day. Uh, the house was not fancy, but uh, it was more than functional. We had running water, we had electricity, and we had pretty much all the luxuries of home. And uh, it was just, just unbelievable. Imagine any of us opening our houses to, to six people that we don't know and taking care of them for an entire month and doing so with such grace and such joy and such happiness. I, it, it is a, a moment I'll never, ever forget, and I'm very, very grateful for We're all grateful for it. Yeah, that's wonderful. So, Ev, tell us about your experiences on this trip. The only thing I can think to say is it was life-changing. It really uh-huh. was. To go into um, a, a small village in in Uganda where most of the people in the village had probably never seen white people before and be accepted by them in such a way that um, I felt so welcome to the whole time. Everyone in the village, even as we walked, and I think Valerie will attest to this, we had to walk every day from the house to the school on this little dirt road and pass all these small homes and little tiny huts that were there where they sold their wares. And the people would come out to the roads and, and look at us as we walked and wave to us and 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 yell at us as we walked by, and they would always yell, hey, Mzungu, because that was the African way of saying, hello, white person. And <laughs> we'd get these smiles, and the kids would all come and, and, and watch for us. And we felt, like, special, didn't we, Valerie? Oh, absolutely, was, yes. I know. Yes. And, yeah, and you, you didn't blend, you like, didn't. Yeah. You, you ladies didn't blend in there, so then. no, no. And you really understand. You really learn what it's like to to be the person out, to be the one that yeah. everybody looks yeah. at. You know, to be the minority. It's a very oh, strange sure. feeling. Yeah, we were the only six white people in the complete village. Or, well, I guess yeah. there was eight of us with the filmmakers, and we were the only white people in this whole area. Well, absolutely, in 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 the entire. I guess, area, not just the village, but taking mm-hmm. even further than the village. We were the only white people, and everybody heard about us. The word spread okay. that we were there, and so they were all interested in us. So it was, but they were all friendly, and if you smiled and said hello, you got these big smiles from the people. And never mm-hmm. once did I feel fearful of walking on the road by myself, there was just a sense mm-hmm. of a friendliness from everybody. Curiosity, mm-hmm. definitely. They were very curious about us. But I felt safe. I, they, there was friendliness. There was joy. And when we got to the school, the kids would just sort of enclose around us. They were so happy to see us. So we were in a place where there was so little mm-hmm. but so much. I don't know how else to explain it. Right. Um, so a different sense of community than what we experience here? 
very, very different sense, and that was even true of uh, the house we were living in. It's a fairly substantial house. It's, it's quite large. And uh, every morning we'd get up and come out, and there'd be another group of people there. People came all day long, uh, relatives, friends. We had no idea who most of them were, but there was – and all all three of us that went there, uh, Catherine, Ev, and I, we all live alone. And, we're well, we're, we're used to having our own space and to have all these people around us all the time. It was It was very odd. Very odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, very comforting in a lot of ways, but yeah, strange. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, what around you um, had the biggest impact? Was it was it this sense of uh, of the people? Um, or... uh, I would say, yeah. Well, for me, it was uh, really doing something. When I was there the last time, and I was in the schools, I really didn't feel like I was accomplishing anything. I honestly felt. <clears throat> a little bit like a show pony, that, that the people I was with were sort of prancing. No, seriously, they were prancing me around the communities, and everybody was coming out, and they were sort of saying, oh, look, we have a white person here. It was incredibly uncomfortable. I really didn't feel like I did anything. I went in the schools. The kids just kind of stared at me, um, which is one of the reasons I was so uncomfortable there. This time, because we had a specific project. We were there in the high school. Um, Catherine was teaching drama. I was teaching creative writing, and Ev was working working on the library, we and Eb did an unbelievable job with that library. <laughs> she walked into a little locked room full of books and left with an actual functioning library. It was unbelievable. So when awesome. you do that kind of work and you come away and you really feel like you've done something, it does a heck of a lot more for us than for the people we helped. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, so did you accomplish all that you'd hoped for on this trip? I, yeah, I think so. Go ahead, Ev. I think actually in some ways we accomplished more because in some things that we wanted to get done we didn't do completely and other things that we didn't even think about doing we did. As an example, we went to for the boys. Uh, we had the three boys with us. Uh, we had uh, Zach and Brian who were going to teach music to the kids. They didn't teach as much music to the kids as they had hoped, although they did run music lessons. But what we did do that we didn't think we were going to do is we built a whole music room. I mean, literally built a room, like painting, uh, putting on doors, putting in windows. We built a functional room that we had no idea we were going to do. So Mm -hmm. in that respect... We gave the kids a wonderful room for their music classes. Um, We brought all these instruments with us that originally we didn't know we were going to be able to bring with us. So when Mm -hmm. we left, we had given them lessons and given them a complete music room with instruments. So although they didn't get all the music lessons we had hoped, they got something really tangible that we didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, it's time to go for break now, and we certainly want to hear more about this story after this short break. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. 
Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. The topic of show today is a dream for Uganda. Uh, my dream, my guests are Valerie Hill and Ev Wodarski. Um, so there was a side trip that you took. I guess you went to a few other villages. Um, you met a young man that that had an effect on you as well. Uh, can you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. Um, the uh, the young man that we met was was uh, a little boy. Uh, we were actually supposed to be visiting, meeting with the the uh, minister of education that day. And in Uganda, things don't work quite the same as here. We were sitting outside the gate of the parliament building, waiting to get the call that yes, he's ready for us. So while we were waiting, we went to the other end of the street, which is the former uh, palace of the king. He, he doesn't live there anymore. And uh, we met a little boy there. He was uh, nine years old. And uh, he was selling bananas, and we found out that he really desperately wants to go to school, but he cannot because his mother just doesn't have enough money to send him. The father abandoned the family some years ago. His mother had a little stall where she sold uh, produce, and it was knocked down by some developers. So the only resource she had was was this little boy. Um, We were so touched by how he would go out at six, six six in the morning, if not earlier, get his bananas and then walk up to the palace where he had some regular customers and sell his bananas to make enough money to pay his school fees. Uh, We asked him if it would be okay if we went to visit his mother, and and we did. And if you can imagine, they lived in just the absolute worst slum outside of Kampala. And because we were all prepared to go and visit the Minister of Education, we were all duded up. And uh, we were walking through this horrible slum, and everybody's looking at us like. And there was the, our, the, my our team, the six of us plus the two filmmakers, and we're all dressed nicely in makeup and heels and such. And uh, and the poor mother comes out of her little hovel and looks at us like, oh my goodness, what is this? And uh, we chatted with her a little bit about her life. Anyway, we asked her. Um, when we went back home that night, we started talking about what can we do for this family. And we decided, the family in Uganda that we stayed with decided that they were going to take action. And, and this is very typical there. Ugandans don't sit around waiting to be rescued. If they see a need, even though they have so few resources themselves, they take action. So the, the family we were staying with decided that they were going to offer a place to live in the family compound. There's, there's a little building there where they could stay. And the, the three children uh, were going to be able to go to school. So they would go from this horrible little hovel where they had no money to living with a family where the mom was going to be given a job and all three children were going to school. And I was just thinking afterwards, that little boy, when he woke up that Wednesday morning, 
thinking he's just going to be tromping off to get bananas to sell at the palace. He had no idea his whole life was going to change just because he met a group of Canadians that morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. The, and he had yeah. the gut to stop and talk to us. Yes. Mm-hmm. His English was mm-hmm. not really very good, but well, we had some of the family with us who were able to interpret. So. Okay. Because yeah, that's what I was story. thinking. His His mother wouldn't have known English either. No, no, no. She only knew her local. Do- the, we, the area we were in, most of the people there speak Lugandan. We were in the kingdom of Buganda in Uganda, where they speak Lugandan. So <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to keep it all straight. <laughs> yes, but yes, we did have for several sure. of the family members with us who all spoke the the local language, so they were able to speak to the family and okay. then interpret back to us in English. That's great. So, yeah. Well, I think that that's a remarkable thing about when you're in a place like that. And if you're not part of, uh, there are there are certainly places for large non government organizations, the big ones, and and they do a lot of good work. But they're they're slow moving. They can't quite just you know glom onto mm-hmm. a situation and fix it. You know, there's a lot of bureaucracy involved. Whereas with us, we're just a group of friends together, and uh, you know, we we raise money. People give us uh, funds to do this kind of work, uh, and every cent that is given to us goes to help people. But when we see a situation like this little Elijah, we're able to do something right away. We don't have to go to a board of director, directors and ask permission and all that. Uh, we can make real differences in the lives of individuals. Mm-hmm. Not only mm-hmm. that, but a lot of the money is our own, pri- it's our own private money oh, that yes. we use. Um, yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Especially so it's it's, it's, it's kind of nice to see how, you, you know, such a hands-on, um, the way it's being used too, yes. and the difference yeah. that it's making. Yeah, um, when you give to a large, when you give to a large organization, um, you're, it's not as clear, I don't think, uh-huh. as to as to where your dollar is going and how it's how it's being used and and what will be accomplished. Um, That's true. With it. That's true. Yes, yeah. like Ev's hairstylist, um, and I'm sorry, Ev, I don't remember her name, but she gave us $3,000, which is incredibly oh, generous. $3,000, imagine. And uh, yes. so I, I have a, a whole breakdown of where the money went. I mean, a lot of that money went to put in the library, to put in the music room, to you know, put in new hydro and new floors and and uh, and everything that we were able to do that, a lot of it. And to pay teachers, we hired a, an English teacher and we hired a librarian as well. And yeah, so a little bit of money there goes a long, long way. Yes, yes, yeah. What a wonderful gift. Um, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But just getting back to what I was saying about uh, the Ugandans taking care of themselves, that we met a, a teacher actually from. Well, he's a social worker, but he started a school in a remote area, probably six, seven hours from Kampala, a place called Green Hills. And he had emailed me. Uh, he had just sent out a. I guess he had just Googled Uganda. And um, our website, dreamforuganda.com, popped up, and he emailed me. He said he emailed 12 different NGOs, and I was the only one that responded. He just wanted Mm -hmm. to let the world know that all his community had gotten together to start a school in this remote area where there really is no chance of education. So we went to visit him. And uh, uh-huh. there's almost 400 children in that school, and they knew that we were coming. They were so excited that as we were pulling up in the vans, if you can imagine being rushed by 400 children, screaming, <laughs> throwing their arms, and so excited. Uh, oh, good grief. Now I know what it's like to be a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It was 
that was quite an amazing experience too. But again, just to see what Jonah has been able to do by pulling his community together, and uh, and I would be, after I received the email from him, I coincidentally received an email from uh, a teacher from Driftwood uh, Public School in uh, Kitchener, and I put those two together. So Driftwood Public School, Heidi Spruill. And, and her teacher friends in her school have been raising money for Jonah's school in Green Hills. So there's that real direct contact. Every cent she sends to him goes to help build. They built a new uh, a new classroom there. Um, they've done a lot of work, even with just four or five hundred dollars that she's been able to send to him. Wow, that's you know that's it, it's wonderful to to really hear where those dollars are are going on the ground and what they can. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how much can be accomplished. So, Ev, how did it come about that a documentary is being made about this work and and this school? Well, originally when we decided that we were going to pull a team together and go down over to Uganda to to teach music to the kids, because that was our goal to go over, was to help progress their music program because they have an amazing music program there. Um, I decided that while we were there, we should really do a small documentary so that we would have something for fundraising purposes that we could show when we came back home. So my son was one of the music teachers that we were taking with us, and he just happened to have a roommate in college that um, was going to be graduating from the filmmaking portion of the program at Fanshawe which is where he went, and I thought, well, I would ask his, his roommate, who was also graduating, would he consider coming and just film a small documentary for us that would, you know, highlight the school and what was going on? And that way, you know, Zach could teach music, and he could run this small documentary. So Mitch, of course, said, yes, I'd love to. I'm unemployed because I've just graduated. Just gra- so, coming out of school, yeah. Yeah, so I had Zach, who was going to teach music, and Mitch, who was going to do this small documentary. And then, actually, I ended up getting Brian, who also was another graduate from Fanshawe out of the music program that Zach took, who also taught music for us. So I had the three Fanshawe graduates who came along with us. Um, Mm -hmm. which was amazing, actually. So that's how we were going to go, is the two music teachers and Mitch was going to shoot this small documentary. And then um, a friend of mine who is connected with the the film festival here Mm -hmm. heard that we were going to be shooting this small, and I will emphasize that it was a small documentary, uh, Mm -hmm. came to me and uh, proposed that my documentary would be more than welcomed into the film festival because um, the film festival had been looking for something about Africa, at which point I panicked because it was like, oh, I hadn't planned on making that kind of documentary. However, Mm -hmm. I was extremely excited because I knew that that would give the school such more recognition, and I gladly accepted their proposal, um, called Valerie and told her, and we were so excited. 
and we brought two professional filmmakers in who were glad to to take on the offer too. Um, the two Pauls, we call them the two Pauls, Paul Campbell mm-hmm. and Paul Franciscotti. Uh, and they came along with us. So Mitch, um, who did amazing work actually for a brand new filmmaker, um, assisted them. And we actually ended up with three filmmakers doing the work on the uh, the project. And I'm really excited to see what it's going to be because I think it's going to be an amazing documentary when it's finished. Mm-hmm. And then Zach, mm-hmm. Zach, who who did the teaching of the music, is a sound engineer. That's by trade, so he's actually going to do the sound on the project. Oh, that's so great. I, yeah, and that's, mm-hmm. I think the documentary is going to be amazing. Um, yeah. Just knowing what they shot and everything that was uh, done about the school and how they went about it. And if Valerie, I can add the- here... Sorry, I just wanted to yeah. add that these the two documentary filmmakers, they're from Metamedia, so they are professional. They've shot many documentaries in Africa before for very large NGOs. They came on their own dime. They, this mm-hmm. is, they had such faith in this project, and we didn't have any money to pay them, so they have come yeah, right. on their own dime. We are doing some fundraising now to help with the expenses of actually putting the documentary together, but it will be screened at the opening of the Grand River Film Festival November the 2nd at Dunfield mm-hmm. Theatre, and the kids are going to be there performing as well, so it's going to be an incredible evening. Yes, that it will be an incredible evening for sure. And what do you hope that the do- documentary will accomplish, Valerie? Well, because the kids are so unbelievably talented, and, and they, a lot of Ugandan children, they, they lack a lot of self-esteem. They don't really think that what they do is that amazing. And yet when they came here, the Canadians, last year when they came here, the Canadians went crazy over them. Um, so it's raising their level of self-esteem, showing them that what they're able to do and bringing their culture to North America and even to Europe, hopefully, in the future, is, is something that is just absolutely remarkable and people want to see it. Um, so we're hoping that we're going to be able to, through them being having a, a larger public profile that they're going to get more gigs they're going to get more support and they're going to be able to expand their their music program and expand the school uh they it's very difficult for schools in in uganda because they they don't receive a the government of government of uganda is uh very poor they they don't have a lot they don't get a lot of income from taxes uh they do the best they can with what they have uh but often it's up to ugandans to uh to pay for their kids to go to school um so every little cent that we can bring in as a result of this video of this documentary to help the school is just going to have uh, an incredible effect on on future generations not just the kids that are in the school now yeah that's great um we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back to this story is there a contribution that you dream of making in society planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. 
815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. And welcome back. Today we're talking with Valerie Hill and Ev Wodarski about a special school in Uganda and the connection that Canadians um, are making with the school. So in 2013, you had some students in Canada. Was that, was that when it happened? That's right. Yes. Okay, so what did they think of Canada? Well, we were a little bit nervous at first, you know, bringing these kids, because most of these kids that are in this school come from incredibly poor backgrounds. A lot of them have grown up grown up in villages uh, to single mothers. They'd only known in, in extreme poverty. Some of them had actually been on the streets. Um, so bringing them to a place like Canada, we thought, we, oh, this is going to be really difficult for them. They blended. Teenagers are teenagers anywhere <laughs> in the world. I am convinced of that. They just had a ball. Uh, you wouldn't guess that they were from anywhere except uh, from, from Canada. They were just like regular uh. kids. Um, they, they, they had a good time. They really enjoyed themselves. Uh, they were hoping for snow. They were pretty sure that they really would like the cold, but you know, we never could convince them that they, they wouldn't. Um, and they they never complain. These are kids that when when their exams are on, they get up at four o'clock in the morning to study. They have such a drive to succeed. Uh, they could really teach our Canadian kids a thing or two. Uh, mm-hmm. They when and they, the really a positive thing too is when they went back to Uganda, they all uh, established a leadership role. Uh, James is the head boy of the school now, and Rita is the head girl. Um, so all the other kids look up to them because, you know, they went to Canada, and uh, and all the kids there now know that nothing is impossible. Whatever your dream is, it can come true. I mean, look at these kids who grew up in poverty, and yet they went to Canada. How amazing is that? Wow. I, I mean, that's a key point right there, that that James and Rita came back to be leaders. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed, and that's that's what we're you know we're trying to to help them understand is you know whenever we would hear them say oh you know I really Louise says I really want to be a doctor but that's never going to happen I think she's changed her tune a bit now because she knows that anything is indeed impossible is possible mm. it's true well and 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 they're and they're spreading that message um, back to the other students too absolutely Which, and us just being know, there being in the school every day you know we we. Yeah. Proof that that uh, somebody cares about them, somebody from a country that they deeply admire, because they do study Canada and geography, a country they deeply admire, and there they are every day helping in the school. So you know, mm-hmm. began to think that well, maybe we are important after all. And and and, um, and hope is a is a wonderful gift to give. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Now yeah. in the fall or the. The, the next term starts, they're, they're on break right now, this term starts again in the beginning of February, and this next term there's going to be some kids uh, from the north coming. And uh, the, Now, these are kids that had been former child soldiers, <clears throat> um, and <clears throat> the kids that uh, were, were there when I was there the first time, uh, some of them had been former child soldiers. A lot of these children are way behind. They'd be even in their early 20s um, because, of course, mm-hmm. uh, this whole thing with the child soldiers start, stopped, uh, you know, it, wrapped up several years ago, uh, but these kids are still badly, badly damaged, um, and they're going to be taking them into the school at, at Cambridge Secondary School. So 
Uh, I'm not sure if any of them are going to be in Subi, but if so, then they're going to be here performing. And imagine going from being a child soldier uh, to being in Canada performing on stage. And their very first performance is going to be with the Kitchener-Waterloo Symphony on October the 10th at Centre in the Square. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- will James and Rita be in that group that will come back, or is it different? Will some well, it, be making... They would be normally because they'll still be in school, but they are going to be writing their final exams, their senior-level exams, uh-huh. So, and those are mandatory. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. they fall exactly when the, the troop is going to be here. So James and Rita are not going to be able to come. There will be some other oh, kids. Okay. Okay, so you'll have all different... Children, or will some of them be on their second trip? They'll, yeah, we don't know for sure. We have uh, the okay. music teacher. It's up to him to decide which 15 he's bringing. Um, there'll be at least two of them that were here before. Um, but other than that, m- most of them will be new. Mm-hmm. So, some of them have actually graduated already. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how did the students impact you, Ev? Um, I think just their will to 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 learn in the conditions that they live in, um, and the fact that they are always happy. They don't ever really get down. It's amazing the difference between our kids and them. <laughs> they, it's like it, they just our kids want everything. I'm sorry, kids, but you do. <laughs> My, you know, they just—it's true. You know, you give them, you give them one game, they want ten. These kids don't have anything, and they don't ask for anything. They—they they, like Valerie. They get up at four in the morning to study. They everything they work so hard for, and they have so little. They live in a dormitory. The girls are all in one dormitory. Their beds are stacked. They have bunk beds, but they're not the bunk beds that we know that are stacked too deep. They're stacked three high. And mm. they're they're within honestly three feet of each other. They have they have to squeeze through the aisles to get through. They live in that room. It's a great big room, and it's just stacked with beds. Um, they do their laundry in that room. They they do everything in that room. They study. They live. The only thing they don't do is go to classes in that room. Classes are in rooms with no windows. It's open doors, open open. There's no glass. So if it rains, it rains through. If it it's hot, it's hot. The sand mm-hmm. comes through. The conditions they study in are unbelievable. There's low lighting in the rooms; they can barely see, but they never complain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they just never complain. It's what they do, and they're always smiling. They mm-hmm. truly are. Mm-hmm. When they came here, they were, like, so in awe of everything. And everything that they were given, they were so grateful and thankful for. They didn't ask for anything, but they were just so happy to get what they got. Yeah. Valerie, what impacted Mm -hmm. you most in your relationship with the students? 
Well, I have always had a tremendous uh, fondness for teenagers, uh, and I have two children of my own, and I particular, particularly love the teenage years, having a house full of teenagers. So uh, with the with these kids, um, this the connection, they're incredibly affectionate. You can't walk anywhere without somebody wanting to hold your hand or or you know hug you um they're just they're just absolutely wonderful warm incredibly warm people um and i just love that i love that that physical connection that emotional connection and um and and they're so unbelievably smart too holy cow you show them something once and that's it they've got it they're really really bright and and they want to learn they're so eager um it's mm-hmm. it's very heartening uh, to see kids like that you really yeah. want to help and it it's it sounds like every every um everywhere you look you're you're finding the things that we have in common and and not seeing the differences too yes yes that's very true yes yeah and and i think sorry i think that's very important when we're when we're dealing with other cultures that we do you know it, it is very easy to see the things that we have in common yeah oh absolutely yeah people are people <laughs> When you see mm-hmm. these kids sitting mm-hmm. around together, like they would come down to, to the house, they'd sit around the living room and they'd be playing cards, and they would start goofing around and teasing each other and think, yeah, kids are kids. It really yeah. doesn't make any difference where they live in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, except that, the, yeah, that these kids are just uh, – and that, well, the kids that live – most of the kids, uh, the school has 250 students, and most of the kids live in residence, as Ed was describing, the dormitories, and there is a cook there. And mm-hmm. uh, and she cooks them three meals a day, and believe me, this is not kind of food that we would want to eat on a regular basis here. I mean, it's healthy, it's balanced, but it's things like rice and, and beans and beans and rice, and, and uh, yeah, it's it's very bland, but any complaints from any of them? No way. They're quite yeah. happy. They're just happy to get at their meals, three, three meals a day. That's and wonderful. if we happened to walk down to the school while they were eating, they would offer to share their lunch with us. Aww. Yeah. I know. That's wonderful. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. yeah. So it's it's um it is the eve of twenty fifteen and I can tell that you're both very excited about the things that are going to happen. What do you hope to accomplish um in twenty fifteen? Well, with the kids coming in 2015, they're going to be here the beginning of October, and they will be here for one month. Uh, we are now busy working on things like getting some sponsorships. We're, we're going to need a bus um, to transport them around. We're, we're going to need money. Now, the Ugandan government has come forward because they believe in our project, too, and their tourism department is going to be giving us some money to pay for the airline tickets and to help support the tour here a bit, which is incredibly generous of a government that really doesn't have very much money. Uh, mm-hmm. But we need a lot to bring them here. Ev is going to be finding them uh, families here to live with while they're here. Uh, yeah, so right now it's the fundraising. It's getting the word out there. Um, as I said, they're going to be performing with the symphony. They're also going to be working with a local theater group, Empty uh, Space Theater, which just happened to have received some funding to do some a multicultural youth company. They'll be working with them. Uh, they're going to be working with an artist here in, I think she's in Cambridge, uh, creating an outdoor art exhibit of scarecrows, of all things. They're going to be working oh, with nice. K.W. Glee. Yeah, they're going to be working with K.W. Glee. Uh, I know, I know. So we're we're right now setting up a lot of interesting things for them to do. We don't want them to just come and be performers. We want them to come and have a real experience. And, of course, they're going to be here all through October, which means Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. Halloween. 
So they're going to yeah, really realize right. that Canadians are a little bit odd, especially the Halloween thing. We can't <laughs> Canadians are Halloween. a little bit odd. Yeah. I'm sure we look very odd. I think I'm sure we look very odd from the outside when we, we can recognize it, uh, when we recognize it ourselves that we're a bit odd. It's wonderful yes. that, that the Ugandan government is seeing value in what you're doing. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I I think that's I think that's a really important point that um you know that they see value in the in the project and so I think that means there is you know true value there um oh, absolutely. for their yeah mm-hmm. for everyone. Yeah. So yeah. it's time to go for another break and um and after that break we're going to wrap up with with um you know some of the main things that you'd really like to uh share with our listeners. Okay. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. This is Lynn Wadham. Today I'm chatting with Valerie Hill and Ev Wadarski about a dream for Uganda. Um, so I'd like to ask um, each of you to, uh, to tell us what do you really want our listeners to know about, um, about your project, but also about those students in Uganda. Uh, we'll start with you, uh, Valerie. Yeah, well, I think we made it pretty clear how, you know, incredibly uh, grateful we are to have been part of this project and how important it is. Uh, but one thing I, I, we haven't mentioned yet is all three of us are over 60. And to be part of something that is so exciting and just gets us so stimulated uh, while we're mm-hmm. in our season, I know a lot of people are perhaps thinking of retiring at that age. We are really just getting rolling. And and this is like a totally different, something completely different. I never in a million years, I've been a journalist for over 20 years, I never ever guessed that I would be doing this kind of work in Africa. And it is so exciting and so thrilling, and it really yeah. gets me uh, gets me out of bed in the morning, and I can't wait. And I, I do want people to know that no matter how old you are or what your life circumstances, you can make a tremendous difference one child at a time. Mm-hmm. Yes, your your enthusiasm is uh, is very evident and clear and uh, uh, and catching. I'm sure. I'm sure other mm-hmm. people are are going to catch that enthusiasm everywhere you go. So, Ev, what uh, what message do you want to make sure is really clear today? I think I'd like people to know that it's important to reach out 
outside of your own community um, and to look at other other places in the world where there's help needed. And, I mean, I do work within my community, but I think it's important to look outside of your community as well because I've had people say to me, well, you know, you're doing this work in Africa. Why aren't you working within your own community? People here at home need help as well. And, yes, they do. But here at home, we have all sorts of resources to help people. What people have to understand is in countries like Africa, there are no resources. There is nothing there. And it's important to reach out to those places and give them a helping hand because if we don't, nothing's ever going to change for them. And they mm-hmm. deserve the help just as much as our own people because they have nothing there. And somebody has to help them. And mm-hmm. why not us? We mm-hmm. are so fortunate here. And until you go somewhere like that, you have no idea how lucky we really are. Mm-hmm. It is life-changing mm-hmm. to see how they live every day compared to how we live. Yes, I'm, it, it, you know, we, we can certainly see where you both have a different perspective on things um, than you may have had before. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yes. Yeah, and and I think, yeah, yes, it is important. It's important to help in our own communities, but also to to reach out. I think the other thing that's very clear is, um, you know, what it has done for both of you as well. Um, and that's that's one of the messages on Step Right with Lynn as well is that um, it makes us feel good to give. It's it needs to be a part of us um, mm-hmm. that giving. So um, I yeah, think it's very... human nature. I think it's part of mm-hmm. human nature, and it's it's human nature that we have perhaps gotten away from because we have become much more introspective, much more selfish in the way we live our lives in our in our little houses, looking at our cell phones, looking at our computers all the time, and we kind of forget there's a wide world out there, and it's quite yeah. extraordinary once you start connecting with it. Yeah, and I think, in, I think in Canada we have this attitude, well, let the government look after it, too, yes. right? You know, yes. where, That's true. where, you know... You know, you've you've made it clear that they're, the government do, can't look after it. They don't have the resources, um, and we can see why with what you've described. We can see why yes. they don't have the resources, um, and um, and you know, even in our even in our own communities, um, you know, there are you know, there's opportunities to to get in there and and roll up your sleeves and get something done too. Um, and people can you know often say that, you know, they talk about Africa as being third world. But not all of Africa, I would even say, is third world. There are some countries in Africa, and I would say Uganda is one of them, that I wouldn't even say is third world. I would say that it is more like fifth world. Mm. It doesn't have even some of the things that third world countries would have. So far from what we can realize, I guess. Exactly. We can understand, yeah. 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 So tell us how people can help and how people can reach you, Valerie, and um, 
Yeah, well, they can go on our website, which is dreamforuganda.com. There's actually a video footage there of the kids dancing that the filmmakers uh, created. Uh, There's a lot Mm -hmm. of information how the school got started. Uh, There is uh, a link there where they can actually uh, donate, and I do want to reiterate that every cent that is donated goes directly to the school. Uh, We do. Catherine is actually going back in September. She's going to be working on the drama program with the kids, Um, and we also are going to continue on with the library. We're looking for some help to support the library and the librarian. Um, but, yeah, cash is really what we need right now, cash that's going to allow us to, to do the work that, that is so so desperately needed to be done. Um, because with this school is the only one in the entire region that has a library and certainly the only one with a music school. So it's attracting a lot of attention. So hopefully mm-hmm. we're going to be starting something in Uganda. It's going to have a ripple effect and go all across the country because of a group of Canadians. And I'm very proud of me and all my friends. I, I just couldn't do it without them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know some of your goals are, are you know, to help the school be self-sustaining too, right? So yes, it's yes. um yeah, so so you've got um you've got some really important goals uh for your project and uh it's I I think it's really amazing what's happened since 2012. There's been a it's lot been very happened. Quick. That's yes. for sure. It's been yes. very quick. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the problem with some NGO projects is that, you know, the volunteers swoop in, they do a project, and they leave. And th- and this mm-hmm. is coming from a lot of Ugandans I spoke to. This is not my interpretation. Um, and, and they're very thrilled. They're absolutely thrilled that we're there for the long haul. And we, we had to reassure them. I said, well, I'm 60 now, so 20 years, I'll be 80. Uh, yeah, I think I'll still be coming <laughs> back by then. You know, they wanted to make sure that we we were in it for the long haul. So we said, yes, 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 we are. Don't worry about that you'll be seeing our, our faces awesome. as they get wrinklier every year <laughs> that's that's awesome well thanks so much for being with us today uh you've got a great story a great project and uh, the you. best of luck to you thank you very much for thank the opportunity you so much. that's great thanks um next week our guest will be jeff swartz from consolidated credit um, he will be chatting with us about tackling those holiday credit cards and how we can uh, most effectively uh, deal with those. So remember, we welcome your comments here at StepRight with Lynn. You can send me an email, lynn at stepright.ca. That's L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. Uh, let's book a time for a free, no-obligation, 30-minute telephone consultation to talk about your dreams. Uh, our time together is totally confidential. Uh, remember, I'm here to help. Um, so this is Lynn Wadham. The show is Step Right with Lynn. Until next time, take the right steps to support yourself, your family, and your community. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community. Until next time.